Hello, everybody. Welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and with me is the giggling. It's it's the giggling Jeremy because Michael totally botched the intro that you may yeah. or may not hear. I hope you do, but I don't. I'm not holding out any hopes on that one. Uh, Michael, how in the world are you? Uh, good. I'm a little dried out from work because um, it's a very dry environment. Yeah, it is. But I put on a bunch of lip balm, and um, uh, I'm doing better now. Well, that's good. Now that you can sufficiently moisturize. Yes. Yeah. yeah good. How have you been? Oh, you know, no big deal. Nothing really happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about you uh, give me a beer brag? Actually, I have a very interesting beer brag um, for interesting. you. Okay. So recently, um, I acquired, well, I didn't acquire them, but I participated in a miracle fruit tasting. Do you know what miracle fruit is, Jeremy? Is this one of those things where you like, it's it's something that you, it's like a little drip of something that makes something else taste like something else? Yes. Okay, um, I'm, I'm being incredibly vague here because <laughs> I don't know how to talk, apparently. Um, in this case, it was a tablet, and okay. you don't swallow it, you let it kind of grind around and dissolve on your tongue. Okay, is this the one where you take, take eat something that tastes like garbage and it makes it taste good? Yeah. Okay. Specifically speaking, it makes sour things taste not sour because it That's right. blocks that part of your tongue, your taste receptors. Mm-hmm. So I did this and um well, I guess I'll get into it a little bit. I mean, part of it, part of it was beer and I guess that's the brag part. Mm. Well, um, I mean, it would go along with the segment, Michael. <laughs> that would be good. But I had a lot of other food. Um, I had like, we had lemons, limes, blue cheese, straight up vinegar, sour candy, (laughs) banana, tomatoes, carrots, broccoli, cream cheese. Um, the two beers that were there were a sour beer, infectious groove by Oso Brewing Company. I feel like I've had that one, but I'm not sure. I I mentioned it on the show before. Maybe that's Um, why. Maybe I haven't. I'm getting old, Michael. (laughs) And, um... Left hand, milk, ah, stout, yes. nitro, nitro version. That one I have had. It was not as wild as I thought it would be, mm-hmm. but certain foods were really awesome with this. Uh, the best was probably lemons, because um, I was just, it tasted like a whole new fruit. I was just taking lemon wedges and just chomping down on them and sucking the juice out, and it tasted <laughs> <laughs> effervescent and like tangy, just a sweet mm-hmm. fruit. The thing is, which I knew ahead of time, but I indulged anyway, is that it doesn't taste sour, but it still uh, wrecks your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so by the end, I was like, had a sandpaper tongue that was completely like top layer of skin burned off mm-hmm. from all the acidic foods I tried. Mm-hmm. Vinegar chips tasted kind of sweet. Like they had a sugar coating on them, not a vinegar coating That's, on them. That sounds unpleasant to be quite honest. Yeah, it was weird. Um, the tomatoes were tasted like like a tomato soup rather than a raw tomato. It was a really tomatoey taste. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the stuff, actually, though, not that much better. It was just you'd be eating it like the blue cheese. You'd eat it, and it would just be a texture, and it didn't really have any flavor. So I was like, well, hmm. that's no good. But the beer. Uh, yes. So the nitro stout really didn't taste that much different. It might have been a little less bitter, but... Is that one that bitter to begin with? No, not really. You know, there's maybe a little roasty bitterness that went away. It wasn't that impressive. I, I read articles that 
said, oh, it's going to taste like a milkshake when you drink it, and it was not at all like that. What about the one that actually does taste like a milkshake? That, uh, uh, the shake chocolate porter? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Maybe that would taste like a double milkshake. No, I, I don't God. think it really works. At least the miracle fruit I had didn't work mm-hmm. with it. Or, you know, it's probably a different person to person, too. The sour, though, did take a turn. You know, it's a, it's a pretty sour beer, as mm-hmm. implied by the name. And it, after the miracle fruit, it turned more into a almost like a cider, like a strange kind of cider flavor. Yeah, that sourness went away, leaving just some bare bones sweetness behind it. So hmm. definitely worth a, a, a try the miracle fruit and try it with a few foods. Maybe don't go nutso with it like I mm-hmm. did. Broccoli tastes like broccoli. Actually, it tastes like super broccoli. I don't and, want to uh, eat my broccoli. Carrots taste like super carrots. It's so they're not that much more pleasant. But the for the lemon alone, it was worth mm-hmm. the experience. The beer, meh. I was like, oh yeah, this tastes like a cider. I could be drinking a cider right now, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to see that how that changed too. So, I I. I... I kind of wish there's video of you just like housing lemons. <laughs> I was chomping down on them. It was really wild. It was like a bubbly soft drink. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Miracle fruit sampling party recommended experience for those who are interested. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, Michael, what is your brag? So the past week, a little bit ago, we went to uh, Big Row for a giant charity. Uh, oh yeah, that I believe I talked about it last time when yes. I brought up the, uh, the, quiz, the Tomorrow uh, Tomorrowland. The, the, yes, yeah, the uh, trivia that thing. That's trivia night. Yes, yeah. that's what. Thank you. My uh, <laughs> my brain's uh, leaking apparently. But in addition to Tomorrow Tomorrowland, I also had which is uh, one of the few stouts that, uh, or rather dark beers that Big Grove makes, and it was Birch the Bear is their brown ale, which. In retrospect, I probably should have talked about on our last episode when we did a variant on a brown ale. But it's it's weird with Big Grove, as you know, they they really put their their stock into the IPAs and the Imperial Stouts, and they don't really deviate too much from that. Um, they have a good track record with some sours, but it's it's variations on a theme. Like literally, it's the same stock beer or base beer that they you know, double up or they flavor with raspberries or currants or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but uh, the brown was was incredibly different for them. Um, roasty mm. didn't have a super thick uh, feel to it, which was nice. Um, definitely felt like a nut brown ale as opposed to a porter. Okay. Uh, in, con- in contrast to that pecan ale that we had last week, it... It felt like it had more of a backbone. It wasn't as thin right. as, as that, or say a Newcastle for those that haven't had the Abida uh, Pecan Ale. Mm-hmm. I just said it two different ways in like <laughs> five seconds. And, oh God. But uh, but yeah, Birch the Bear is great. Check it out if you're in Iowa. Four stars. Well, good. Jeremy, we're recording this right around Black Friday. We are. It's uh been a busy week, Michael. Making pies, making pie dough, making turkeys. <laughs> Fruit pies only. Get out of here, goo pies. You lost the tournament. That's true. I am making a fruit pie, actually. Or did make a fruit pie, rather. What it was it? What is it? Uh, cherries, blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries. Wow. No cherries. No cherries. Sorry. I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, strawberry, blueberry, raspberry pie. Is that a new endeavor? 
No, um, the last, I think the last pie I made was a balsamic strawberry pie, which was really good, and I ate way too much of. I did not know if or how balsamic vinegar would go yeah. in a pie, but it works out really well, because you, you cut it down with sugar, obviously. Oh, So sure, it's not okay. as, like, just dissolving your teeth as you eat it, but it's... No miracle fruit needed. No, none. It was it was just <laughs> that, sort of like how when you, people, like, make a demi out of... God, you can tell that I just had a fancy dinner. I'm talking about demi gloss and all that crap, but uh, it was good. But yes, pies. Black Friday. Good God, I am all <laughs> over the road here. Um, do you go in for Black Friday? So what has become tradition for the lady of the house and myself mm-hmm. is we will make a Thanksgiving meal, eat it, and then when everyone else is you know in a food coma or food hungover. We go out to, like, Best Buy and maybe Target at, like, 9 or 10 p.m. on Thanksgiving evening mm-hmm. because no one is out, and the uh, the deals are exactly the same. We look around for little things like movies, video games, things of that nature. Stuff that we haven't told the other person that we want for Christmas because I have a hard time telling people what I want for Christmas. Cause I just, yeah. If I want something, I tend to get it. <laughs> But, well, actually, I, I take that back. You know how I said I was playing Metal Gear 5? Yeah. I got that for Christmas, like, at least a year ago, and I still have Dark Souls 3. So I tell people to get me things that are, like, on Black Friday sales because those usually go for a while or they get matched on Amazon. And then I just sit it in the in the drawer until next year about this time. <laughs> and then, uh, but with this year with uh, the new South Park fractured butthole and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Wolfenstein, I might get to it a little bit quicker than that, so who knows. Yeah. I'm, I'm cranked that I bought Get Out for $10 when I could have gotten it for 5 but yeah, <laughs> say, say la vie. Yeah, I go for a light strategy, too. It's just like, okay, I don't let the deals come to me. I go to the deals. So I'm like, I want this item. How good of a price is it on Black Friday? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's worth the trouble. Oh, that's not. Sure. And then just like a hawk, swoop in, grab the item, and get out of the fracas. So you actually go to the stores? Um, not actually. That's been decreasing more and more. Okay. I mean, why would you? Right. I mean, some places are finally picking up on it that you need to have lower prices in the store than you do online. Just as like a loss leader to get them in the store. Right. Yeah, that extra $3 off on a, you know, place setting or you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. is is not worth the whole scale carnage of it. Another thing that's prevented me from going out on actual Black Friday besides the uh, the mobs are is the fact that I, my beloved Iowa football plays a game against the hated Nebraska Cornhuskers on Black Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's not going to be as much fun this year because uh, Iowa's bad again. Well, Nebraska's no... Uh, it's, well, no, that's, that's my point. It's going to be like a slapping match. Okay, that's what you're saying. To make a long story short, I'm still going to go to Big Grove and watch the game with the family and friends, but there shan't be any uh, shopping on Black Friday, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, on Black Friday itself. Black Friday, maybe late on Thanksgiving, but meh. Do you know what I um, don't like the name of? Cyber Monday. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. Cyber. Small Business Saturday. That's also stupid. Yeah. But, uh, the word cyber just ruins it. Don't use that word. It's so yeah, 90s. <laughs> it's nine. It's like 98. Kind of like a lawnmower man type. 
Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Lawnmower Man. But yes, it does. Cyber Monday does kind of, you know, feel Stank. like a. It, it stinks. And all the other. They. Like, Amazon is really the only one that people will go to. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, but. And it has all the same. They just find what the Black Friday deals are and they match them or, like, knock a couple bucks off it because. Yeah. Who wants to go deal with the war games of Black Friday? You don't go to overstock.com? No. <laughs> no. Not really. Um. Jeremy, along with, uh, you know, Black Friday comes 80s trivia. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> no, I don't know why I came across this. I, I wanted to, like, play Jeopardy based in the 80s. I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what would it be like to do Jeopardy in the 80s? Would I be good at it? Would I be bad at it? And then I so I searched for it, and I found this online Jeopardy thing, and... I don't know if it's from the 80s, but the categories are 80s blank, 80s blank, 80s blank. And okay. I thought, let's throw it on the show. Jeremy and I can uh, test our knowledge against the cyber Alex Trebek and uh, see how good we are. Okay. So I'll let you choose the category. Okay. What are my options? 80s music, 80s okay. TV, 80s movies, 80s game shows, or 80s toys. Let's go movies. I feel like All I'm right. going to have the best success in that one. Yeah. All right. For uh, 100. For, for 100. Yes. Name of movie where John Cusack holds a boombox over his head. What is Say Anything, Michael? That is correct. Mm-hmm. You'll notice I remember to do it in the form of a question. Uh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Going for 200 here. Two, 200. Let's do, let's do it. Name of Tom Cruise's flying partner in Top Gun. So I know this one. Do you know this one? It's Goose, right? I'm going to need that in the form of a question, oh, Michael. Ooh. I, I First technically warning. that was in the form of a question. Is it Goose right now? <laughs> oh, what if they did that on the show? <laughs> that is, yes. Who is Goose? Uh, 300. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm not sure if I know this. The popular phrase, the Goonies shout. The Goonies shout? Yeah. Uh, what is... Hey, you guys. <laughs> no, what is Goonies never die? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. So we're we're uh, even. We lost three hundred. That yeah, we gained. Okay. okay. Uh, Four hundred. Technically, I'm not wrong. I want that to be. You know, I want that on the record. I have a problem with this question. See if you have the same problem that I do. The planet the Ewoks are from. We don't know if they're from there. They're just right. on there. Well, no. The problem is they're not on the planet. They're on the moon of the planet. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, what is Endor, Michael? Correct. Five hundred. That was four hundred. Really? <laughs> yeah, remember Star Wars? I remember. <laughs> what popular '80s horror was known for a curse causing many cast and crew to die? Ah, do you know this one? As I do. Is it Poltergeist? Also, technically, question and yes, it is. What is Poltergeist? <laughs> <laughs> what is Poltergeist? Yeah, that, that's it. Do you want to crack open another row? Yeah, let's. Uh, you take a pick. Let's do TV. That'll be. I think that'll be a little more challenging. Yeah. I have a vague knowledge of some of the TV, but who is known for the famous quote, I pity the fool? Do you, I'm assuming you know this oh, one. Yes, I, I know this one. It's Who is Mr. T, Michael? That is correct. What? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what famous actor comedian is known for the phrase Nanu Nanu? I thought this was a 70s show. I would say his character is known for it. <laughs> you know this one, right? Yeah, it's a 
Robin Williams. Who is Robin Williams slash who is Bork from Ork? <laughs> we even got the home planet. Of, co- well, of course. I am Ork from Ork. This is phrased funnily. Uh, the product Michael Jackson was advertising when he was set on fire. <laughs> I Now, I swear to God, this was the 90s. Oh, I could be wrong. It could be right on... Yeah, because I kind of remember... Or do I remember remembering that? I don't know. I, I don't know, but this is... Uh, what is Pepsi, Michael? Yeah. Um, fire. <laughs> Sounds like somebody deliberately set him on fire. Oh, wow. It was 80, It was 84. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is 84. January 27th, 1984. I was uh, 24 days old at that point. Oh, boy. Okay, now this... This is getting a little tricky. Um, star of the Breakfast Club that also appeared on The Facts of Life. Ooh. You take the good, you take the bad. What um, is you take the good? And um, You know, I don't know. I don't know that cross-reference. Okay. So the, the, the only cast in The Breakfast Club, funny, funnily enough, this was uh, one of the trivia questions at Big Grove Trivia Night, as in who was the top-billed uh, actor or actress on The Breakfast Club? I'll let you ponder that one while we figure mm-hmm. this out. Um, you got Anthony Michael Hall. Emilio Estevez, Molly Ringwald. Who was Bender? Uh, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, and Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. Is it? Is it Ali Sheedy? That'd be my guess. Who is Ali Sheedy? Okay. Oh, who is Molly Ringwald? Really? I didn't know she was on that show. She had the slummit with... That because that show was on like after she was famous, right? I don't know. That seems weird. I feel like that was a late '80s show because she was Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club are like '84, '85. Let's see. Facts of Life started in 1979 and went to 1988. Holy! One of the longest running sitcom of the '80s. I didn't realize that. Spinoff of Different Strokes. I knew. I did know that. Is the woman who ran the the Academy House whatever was wasn't she a like a, whatever a lady butler is, a maid in uh, Different Strokes. Oh, jeez, I don't even know. I, anyways, doesn't matter. That's not the question. Uh, we botched it, so we're down to do 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 two hundred because we had one, two, and three, right? Uh, yes. And I we think missed you're right. four. Okay. And we missed four. Four of the original actresses, and they list them, and Molly Ringwald were written out of the show. Although the four did make periodic guest appearances in the second and third seasons. So, oh God! It's one of those things. So, yeah, so she barely was on it. Like how um, George Clooney was technically on Roseanne. He was. Yes, he was. I didn't know that. He has a quite the mullet in that show. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure he I, was in that. Yeah, yeah, I, he was. I yeah. got it. I got okay. I gotta. I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I might just, cut this out, but I gotta look this up. Just George this. Clooney. I'll well, no, keep it in. George Clooney, Roseanne. <laughs> everyone at home, do the same thing. It's pretty. Oh my great. God! Right. His, it's, he has like a big bouffant. Is that what that is? It's glorious. I, I don't know what it is. I just considered it a a mullet of some sort. Or the power curtains. He looks like he should be teaming up with the Rock and Roll Express in like 1982. <laughs> right, yeah. Holy crap. Okay. Okay, 500. Let's, 500. let's finish strong, Michael. Ooh. The person who shot J.R. Oh, God. And believe it or not, I like read this like a month ago, and I can't remember now. It was a woman. I thought I could be wrong. I thought it was a dude. Who is Maggie Simpson? <laughs> Let's just see who it is. I I I I don't know. This is deep. Who is Kristen Sue Ellen's sister? 
Oh, uh, yeah. No, you were closer than me. <laughs> well, all I know about that is that Larry Hagman played JR, and he has crazy old man eyebrows. Well, did. Yeah. Rest in peace. That's Yeah, that's I read his Wikipedia. That's what I read. You read Larry Hagman's Wikipedia? <laughs> Not all of it. <laughs> this is going to send you back to uh, Larry Hagman's Wikipedia, isn't it? <laughs> it's going um, <laughs> to. Jeremy, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the energy. Let's do let's do music. Let's do music. Got it. Uh, we'll whip through it. Yeah. This 80s rocker is known for biting the head off a live bat during a concert. Uh, he did this at the Civic Memorial Auditorium in Des Moines, Iowa, Michael. <laughs> Who is Ozzy Osbourne? Yeah. Would you call him an 80s rocker? I mean, at that point, his solo career was definitely an 80s, out, 80s stuff. Okay. And he, I mean, both in time and in uh, content. This British band was named after a character in the Jane Fonda movie, Barbarella. Oh, God. I have no clue. Who is Duran Duran? And that's really? me saying the answer, not looking it up. And that ah. is the answer. Oh, cool. I had no clue. <laughs> I I mean, I, th- I listened to uh, one of the more recent seasons of You Must Remember This, which is a fantastic podcast you should check out, hmm. did uh, the dovetailing and, like, intersecting... In, uh, careers of Jane Fonda and Gene Seberg and how they their like their careers rose and fall at the same time and how they were both you know cranked about the uh, the Vietnam War. Mm. It's, pr- it's pretty great. I highly recommend it. One of them dies, one of them doesn't. Oh. Uh, series Gene and Jane exploring the parallel lives of Jane Fonda and Gene Seberg, two white American actresses who found great success and husband in France before boldly and controversially lending their celebrity to uses like civil rights and the anti-war movement. Fonda and Seberg were both tracked by the FBI during Nixon's administration, which considered both to be threats to national security. But for all their similarities, Jane and Jean would end up on different paths. And that's kind of how it goes. And uh, it's a bummer, but it's it's really good. That does sound interesting. Check it out. It's, really, it's a great series. Once again, I have successfully <laughs> derailed the conversation. Michael... The year that Madonna's Material Girl was released has to be early. Mm-hmm. What is 1984? When? We can go with that. That is correct. Yeah, buddy. Okay, this obviously these aren't obviously are not official Jeopardy questions because this one is name the five members of Bon Jovi. What? What? That's a load of crap. Well, there's Bon Jovi. There's uh, uh, Richie, Richie Sambora. And that's all I know. Pretty sure it's Richie Sambora. Oh, they just give the first names: John, Richie, Alec, Tico, and David. Mm-hmm. Never would have got that. What '80s rap group collaborated with Aerosmith? I mean, Run DMC. What is yeah. Run DMC? It was great. That is correct. I mean, who is Run DMC? Who is? Well, one of them's dead. If you say like, if you did that and said, "What is Run DMC?" Would Alec be like, "Hmm." It's they're people, so it's who, and he doesn't. Well, give you the but point. but it is a band or a group. <sighs> what if you said like, "How is Run DMC?" What do you be like? How hmm. is Run DMC? <laughs> like that? I don't know. That was terrible. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Next question. Uh, that's it. We oh, wiped cool. the board. We 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 won, Michael. I'm I've decided this. Yeah. Whoop whoop. Let's celebrate with a beverage yeah what are we having this week michael or should i say it? you say it i'll tell the people the fdr is where we 
find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. Jeremy, what is the beer? We are going a little bit heavier with uh, Peachtree's William Milo Stone Imperial Stout. Yeah, now we're getting to the winter warmer territory. Yeah, oh boy. As the weather turns cold, we're mm-hmm. going to follow suit. I've got some color text for you, Michael. Yes, I was going to say. Go for that. So, and this is a little bit more than uh, what's on the bottle, but it's the most wonderful time of the year for dark beer lovers. Our, this is from Peace Tree's website, by the way. Okay. Our stout and porters are in full production mode. Our William Milo Stone Imperial Stout, formerly just their Imperial Stout, is a bold beer that takes after its namesake well. William Milo Stone wasn't ordinary, and neither is the Belgian-style Imperial Stout we craft in his honor. General Stone was a wounded Civil War hero from Knoxville, Iowa, which is the home of Peachtree, who served as a governor at the end of the war. This stout is bold and complex, just like Stone, who helped convince his friend Abraham Lincoln to run for president. Extra helpings of Belgian black malts contribute to the wonderful chocolate, coffee, and toffee characteristics. If Stone were around today, this is the beer we would offer and toast to his courage as we are gathered around to hear stories of how he and his fellow Iowans fought to save a nation. This beer packs a punch with an ABV of 10%. Good gravy. Treat yourself. This brew makes for an excellent dessert or celebration beer. Michael, we can celebrate Black Friday, can't we? Yeah, and our our Jeopardy victory. Uh Uh-huh. All these. We have lots of reasons to celebrate. We, We do. It's true. Now, another thing I saw on their website, I was looking around, mm-hmm. did you see the origin of the peace tree name? No. So there's this lake. Well, actually, so there's this peace tree. <laughs> Is it by Lake Red Rock? Yes. Okay. There's this tree called the peace tree, uh-huh. and it's a sycamore that's 500 years old. It used to be this meeting point for Native Americans, and then later with fur traders, and then quote-unquote treaties were signed there. Um, with early settlers. However, um, when the Red Rock Dam was built on the lake, mm-hmm. the tree became partially submerged. And huh. now the tree is a kind of stump sticking out of the water. It's pretty mm-hmm. big. I saw some pictures of kayakers next to it. And um, every winter, well, or at least every so often during the winter, it will freeze and kind of a big chunk will fall off. So mm-hmm. it's kind of deteriorating, but hmm. which is sad. And in the uh, big floods of 2008... Which which big floods? I mean, take your pick. Um, it was completely submerged. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Like much of a University Iowa. of Iowa's campus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no longer completely submerged but after those floods receded. Still underwater. Most of it's underwater. Kind of a sad fate for the peace tree, but it's nice to see it honored. All we do is honor people here, Michael. So that's peace tree. And yeah, William Milo Stone Style. I, um, you know, I kind of overlooked this beer when you first included it in the beer swap, Jeremy. But mm-hmm. after I looked into it like about a month ago, um, and I'm very excited to try this one. This is looks like it's going to be a humdinger. Well, I've already uh, cracked my bottle, Michael. So why don't you okay. follow and do the same? Okay. Tell them about the bottle, Jeremy. It's a little. It's different. stubby. I like these stubby little bottles. Yes. Um, I guess the most. The best analog is the the old timey Coors bottles. Or oh cure, yeah, Coors as it's known in some circles. <laughs> wow, this um, pours dark. Yeah, it does. Uh, and the the head is also a pretty dark color too. Yeah, it is. That's that's a nice mocha brown head. Yeah, as Whoa. opposed to a 
Yeah, no light shall pass through this thing, Michael. This is no. pitch black. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, not even mm. around the edges either. No, none. It's like sometimes you'll get that little red or a little bit of brown on the edge, that but or Yeah. The, the haze. Yeah. None on this. Michael, what are you getting on the nose? I'm still a little plugged up because I cannot not sick. Um, it's a pretty rich aroma. Um, a little chocolatey, um, a little booziness kind of intertwined in there too. Mm-hmm. Dark caramel tones. I'll take your word for it because I it can't. It almost smells like, yeah, like a toffee candy or something like that. With uh, Does it have hints of uh, chocolate caramel, Belgian malts, and toffee? Or whatever was it? Wonderful chocolate coffee and toffee characteristics. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, like peanut brill. Interesting. But Jeremy, do you want to anything else to say? The head's dissipating, and uh, yeah, it 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 stinks because I can't. I mean, the beer doesn't stink, but it stinks <laughs> because I can't really smell anything. Yeah. Let, let's go in. All right. You're going first, or I'm going first. Yeah. I'll go first. Okay. As you drink and then give your opinion, answer the question: Have you been to Knoxville, Iowa? And have you been to Knoxville, Tennessee? That's good. That is that is definitely a 10%. Um, yes, I have been to Knoxville uh, for many years. My Aunt Anne lived in Knoxville, Iowa. And now they have retired to the middle of the desert in New Mexico. Out of a house they built themselves off the grid. It's pretty awesome. Um, as far as Tennessee, new. But if I ever return to the south, I consider Tennessee to be one of the destinations. I've been to Lake Red Rocks. That's how I knew about it. <laughs> okay, I um have never been to Knoxville, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Knoxville, Tennessee. I do want to go there though to see the Sun Sphere. I was just going to bring that up. I couldn't remember if it was Knoxville or not. <laughs> before I die, yeah, of course, Knoxville, Knoxville. <laughs> um, before I die, you want an old wig? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, you can um go on Google Street View and they have a street view of inside the oh, really? of the Sun Sphere. Yeah. So you Ooh, can this walk is, around virtually. This beer is warm, Michael. I mean, you mentioned warm. Mm-hmm. Referring to the alcohol part, I assume. Just warm warms your chest, man. But it also says serve at eight Celsius, forty eight Fahrenheit. I was inside. just going to say that, Michael. I've thrown the bottle away, but clearly it's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, I, I I suspect it's a little cold on my end, but it's still very good. It's interesting. Okay, so it's 10%, but it's interesting how complimentary that's working with the flavor. It finishes with a really... A Belgian-y flavor. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, like a, almost like a chocolate liqueur flavor. or a, Like a Godiva liqueur? Yeah, or a Kahlua. Some sort of digestif? Yes, it it finishes amazingly, and that that's not to say it's like ooh, it's liquor, it's cringy. Mm-hmm. No, it's no, no, it's smooth. It's nice and smooth at the end. I really like that a lot. Yes, um, I really, I've been the more I have of this, the more I like the, uh, the the Belgian aspects of it, as I just said, like an mm-hmm. idiot. But uh, <laughs> I like the fact that it's uh, that even through the murk, uh, both you know color, flavor, and I don't mean murk in a bad way, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot going on with that chocolate, coffee, toffee, all that those flavors, the caramels that we brought up. Um, the fact that you can get Belgian out of this is kind of striking. It's complex, too. So each mm-hmm. time you can focus on a little different aspect of, sure. the, of the chug. 
it's really good and it mm-hmm. it does have that kind of boozy finish but it's not uh astringent and 10% is a lot it doesn't taste like 10% it feels um, like 10% way. but it doesn't taste like 10% yeah, there if you that go. makes any sense that's that's a good way to say it cuz you, you get that you get that burn mhm but it's not like going to it's not like having vodka or anything like that yeah. or induce the gag reflex or anything yeah. like that this feels a little bit lighter than some imperial stouts that i've had lighter in the in the body roastiness in the body okay the the roastiness is you know still it's is there in a big bad way but it does not uh it it doesn't have that motor oil just leaving a slick in your mouth right. sort of yeah. feeling which is yeah. awesome i i enjoy that kind of epitomizes the winter warmer like when you think of yeah what that should do in the yeah, truest it, sense it, of the worm of being warm yeah uh, it's doing it very well and it does it without the spices that one would need in a uh in a uh winter warmer like your allspice your blah 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 blah, blah. right do you find that there's that the body is given be, given that it's you know it's lighter is that causing any issues with the roastiness for you does that um, like throw you off at all? To me, the roastiness isn't necessarily as pronounced um, mm-hmm. as other stouts, but I kind of enjoy that because sometimes, if roastiness gets into a bitter roast, mm-hmm. that's when I kind of back away from roastiness. But this isn't going to that point. So at the level of roastiness in this one, I am finding agreeable. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird because this is not like Imperial Stouts as I would have, you know, expected, mm-hmm. um, for those reasons we've just talked about, yes. but, uh, I, I like this beer quite a bit. Um, oddly enough, this feels like an inherit, like an incredibly drinkable Imperial Stout, which feels real weird saying out loud, Yeah, yeah. but it, it feels that way. What do you, what are your thoughts, Michael? I'm really liking it. What are your thoughts on the Civil War? You know, Michael, I've been thinking about the Civil War a lot lately. And if they just would have compromised, I mean, the whole thing could have been, you know, avoided. It's it's unfortunate, obviously, but, you know, what are you going to do? It was, what, 150 years ago? 52? Yeah, um, yeah. Something like, holy Christ, it is 152 years ago. But the wounds are still fresh. Um, oh, one more divergent. We're diverging in a yellow wood, Michael. So, uh, Hooks Books. Uh-huh. I'm on 28 or 29. I don't remember, but I'm reading Between the World and Me by Tanahisi Coates, who is uh-huh. an excellent writer. He does a lot of uh, think pieces on race in America, and his the book is sort of uh, set up as a series of essays to his young son on what it means to be black in America. And we'll, we'll just go out on a limb and say that, you know, he makes several very good points about the uh, the the scars from the Civil War being present. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's very good. I picked it specifically because it was small, but it's very dense, and it's taking me a lot longer to read than I thought it would have, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But it's very good. Check it out. It's not going to stop you from getting to thirty books in a year, is it? Jeremy? Oh God, no. Uh, I I think this is twenty eight. I'm going to write a check that I may or may not be able to finish here. Uh oh. If I can finish 29 by the end of the month, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is 28. If I can finish this book, which I have like 40, 50 pages left in, and another one before the before December 1st, 
I'm going to take on the Hamilton biography by Ron Chernow that was the basis for the the hit musical. Uh, it's sitting on the shelf here. I got it for uh, Lady of the House. She read it, and it, it's a very it's a very long book. So that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's like it's 800 content. pages of historical autobiography, or autobiography, right? Uh, historical biography. Um, I will read it at some point soon, but I don't know if it's gonna happen this year. So we'll see how it goes. Here's an interesting fact. Yes. On William Milo Stone. Interesting. From Wikipedia. It is reputed by some sources that Stone was present when Lincoln was assassinated, and that Stone helped carry the wounded Lincoln across the street. However, no known primary or contemporaneous accounts describe that happening. Interesting. If you need a book to read, and you being the royal you, meaning you, Michael, and the audience at large, mm-hmm. um, there is a book called Manhunt, The Search for Lincoln's Killer, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic. It's it's, a, it's the twelve day chase for Lincoln's killer by James L. Swanson. It came out about a decade ago. It reads like a Jason Bourne movie plays out in your head about how like Booth, you know, killed Lincoln, obviously, mm-hmm. and yeah. how he like yelled six semper tyrannis and jumped off the balcony and broke his leg, and how he was running away from like all these people who were you know, trying to find and murder him. <laughs> um, it's great. It is an awesome book. I highly recommend that one. I've bought it for at least three Christmas gifts over the years. That sounds anyway, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And there's a sequel. <laughs> I know. How is he doing that? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's called Bloody Times, The Funeral for Abraham Lincoln and the Manhunt for Jefferson Davis. It's not as good, but it is very It is very good. Um it's it's one of those weird things where like history just sort of converges in weird ways. Like, it talks about the the train tour that they took Lincoln's body on from D.C. to uh, Illinois. Oh yeah, the tour that popularized embalming. Yes, and uh, the twenty day funeral that took Abraham Lincoln's body home to Springfield followed his assassination, and it's also simultaneously Jefferson Davis was also taking a train ride west, trying oh, to get no. the hell out of Dodge. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's pretty co- it's pretty good. It's not it's not as good as Manhunt because it's a little scattered because there's two different timelines to follow. Oh, I see. Whereas uh, Manhunt is just like them, like where is this guy, and talks in like somewhat graphic detail about uh, the actual death of Abraham Lincoln, not just the because sh- he lived for a while. It wasn't like pop and he was dead. Like like you said, he got taken across the street, and he died across the street, not in Ford's Theater. Mm-hmm. So it's really good. Check James L. Swanson. Check him out. I'm I'm looking at his his grave, William Stone's grave right now. You it, travel quickly. <laughs> it's in uh it's in Knoxville. Oh really? Cool. Yeah. I've been meaning to get to Peachtree's like tap room. I was I've never been there, but Peachtree is kind of the OG godfather of. Middle of Iowa brews. They've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, have we done Blonde Fatale on this show? We have not done Blonde Fatale on this show. I I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but that is a beer that... Um, that one will sneak up on you. Yes. It, it yes, is their... That's a good uh, way to say it. Fun fact. Uh, I believe it was uh, photographer of the show, Zachy Dingles, is 
wedding reception mm-hmm. that was had at a bar because he had the best wedding ever where it was just, eh, we got married. Hey, let's go to the bar. That's all. That's seriously all it was. And it was great. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea. But knob of the show decided he had never had Blonde Fatale and did not realize that it was 8.5%. And he proceeded to buy two pitchers of it because <laughs> it was too light and it couldn't possibly be that heavy. But, uh, yeah, that one clocks in at 8.5%. So it's not as hairy as William Milo Stone, Imperial Stout. But it's high. It's it, And it's high, and it's, like, supremely drinkable. It's Yeah. It is a blonde. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's, their, it's their Belgian blonde, and it's delicious, but... My God, that thing will catch up to you real quick. That happened to me too. One one last tale of Blonde Fatale, and I'll we'll get to the the rating. Rating, yes. A few years ago, I went out for a birthday, and a loud friend of the show, who shall remain nameless, was like, "I'm not going to drink much tonight." She says, "I'm going to have a Blonde Fatale. Is that okay?" And I said, "I don't care. You're an adult. Do it. You, you know, do what you want. Who? I don't care, because adults are responsible for themselves." And uh, so she has one, and she's like, "Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Can I? Do you mind if I have another one?" It's like, once again, I don't care. Like, do, uh, needless to say, about four blonde fatales later, she's like, "Oh no, I'm drunk." And uh, so yeah, that that's that's what happens with blonde fatale. Add that one to the list for next for the next swap, Michael. Yeah, we should. That one has history in our local group, and so we should. And it's delicious honor it. too. Yeah, and it's good. I'm gonna have to write these down. We had what? We had one last week. Oh, Something God. from Prairie Artisan Ales. Oh, the Prairie Bomb. Prairie Bomb. You got your Prairie Bomb, Michael. Rate this beer. I'm gonna take a sip of judgment because I'm going in between two ratings, and uh, either rating will be um good, but. It could be good or better. <laughs> okay. He's going in. I can see him right now. I can't really see you, Michael. It's okay. <laughs> There's a, This beer has a certain little flair at the end of it. It does. And it just tastes really good. Again, it's like that like liqueur taste, um, candy taste, and I really like that little zing on the end. Mm-hmm. And because... The beer reminded me of that zing. I'm going to give it the higher rating of two ratings I was going between. I'm giving this a 4.75. Hey, yo. It's really good. I like this beer a lot. When is the last time you've given something that high? Do you know? Oh, God. I mean, I know we have it written down, and we really (laughs) should have these things up while we do this podcast. It was probably when Mike and I were recording some episodes in person, I would guess. Um... Dark Lord? Dark no, Dark Lord probably yeah, Dark Lord definitely got that. Mm-hmm. So that that might have been the that could have been that. I don't even know. But we'll have to it's look into that. Been a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. But this is superb. It is it's very like once again, this feels weird saying this. But this is a very delicate beer. It 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 feels like it wallops you in the face with a sledgehammer at first. Because it has that big, roasty, beefy imperial stout flavor, and that alcohol burn comes on. But once that burns off, it's like it's there's like an ice pick inside that sledgehammer, <laughs> and, it, and it just sort of needles you with that that Belgian flavor, which I really love. Mm-hmm. But much like Blonde Fatale, it 
I suspect this one could sneak up on you really fast, although you might be more aware of it given how dark this beer is. Yeah. I'm going to go in for a sip of judgment. Entertain the people, Michael. Um, The Tennessee Volunteers play in Knoxville right next to the Sunsphere. Knoxville, Tennessee, that is. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's pretty I awesome. I think that's where they're from. They, they have a, do- a hound dog as their mascot. He's adorable. I like I like teams with hound dogs as mascots. <laughs> God, this is SOJ2. Entertain more. Oh, God. Um, the Sun Sphere, if you didn't guess already, was featured in an episode of The Simpsons during the classic era. Where Bart gets Bart. a fake driver's license. Yes. And, and they, they rent a car. The, and they knock the Sun Sphere down. And there's wigs inside of it, right? <laughs> right, yeah. There's a wig shop at the top, but not in real life. Oh, that's a, that sucks. I think there's um, a bar in there. That might be cooler. I'm going to go with you on this one, Michael. I'm going 475. I'm feeling generous. I was kind of leaning a little bit lower just because when I think of an Imperial Stout, I I get immediately zapped back to Dark Lord Day with my arm in a sling. And, <laughs> okay. all, these, and all of these people being like, oh, hey, this one's uh, a Vietnamese coffee Imperial Stout. And it just... You feel like you've eaten a loaf of bread after you have one of, like, a couple sips of something like that. What has taken this up to a near-perfect rating for me is the f- is that the ice pick factor, how delicate it is. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's uh, how Homer wiggles his fingers when he's like about to eat something fancy. <laughs> you you know what I'm talking about? It's mm-hmm. it's not possible in real life, Ooh, but it, it yeah, woo, yeah, yeah, like that. There you go with the. Uh, because he's only got four fingers and it doesn't look as weird. Yes. If you know what I mean. They're big and chunky. They are big and chunky. But yeah, this is this is delicious and I wish I had more. I might have to get more of this for uh the upcoming not Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, 475. I I really like this and uh this might be something that needs to get broken out as, like, as they said, a celebration beer. I think so. Michael, we were all over the road. And it, well, I was all over the road. You were relatively focused. It's all good. Tell them about the uh, stuff. Stuff and the things. No, you can find us on our social media everywhere. You can find us on Facebook at American Pale Males, where Michael does an excellent job of popping up hilarious pictures with the episodes. You can find us on Twitter at APMPod. You can find us on everything at APMPod. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Yahoo News Groups. I don't know. <laughs> uh, untapped with host Emeritus Mike. I'm not going yeah. to say the rest of it. Keeper of the Untapped. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can shoot us an email at APMPod at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email about your favorite Civil War figure that has a beer <laughs> named after him or her. Is there a, was Molly Pitcher of the Civil War? Oh God! I, Didn't she bring like Pitcher? Ca- that might be revolutionary. God, I don't know. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music. I remembered it right this time. And subscribe, rate, and review. Do all those fun things that you do with all of the other podcasts. You know, write us a review. Say that you heard about uh, William Milo Stone on this podcast and you learned something, and that's why you're giving us five stars. Yeah. We have a YouTube page. Go check it out. There's delightful little videos that Michael puts together in his spare time, despite being a family man. <laughs> it's it's better than watching young Sheldon, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, hit us up. 
just write us a letter. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. So, hit us up, talk to us, we'll get back to you. Did yeah. I get everything? I feel like I'm... Uh, I had an energy drink, I had another Cobra Verde, Michael, and I'm kind of all over the place here. Um, I think that's adequate. Awesome. I think that's good. Sounds good. So with that, we'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll check you guys next time. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers! Um, you? Did you introduce the last one? I did. I, okay, I'll do this one then. <clears throat> Good. No, <laughs> oh my God, keep that as the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, day, evening, wait, nothing. Gloaming? Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>